IB Talk, the global insurance industry podcast presented by Insurance Business. This episode is presented in partnership with Rightshore. Digitization has changed the face of the insurance industry and how we serve our clients. In this episode, we sit down with Jeff Arnold as he discusses the role of InsureTech in improving the client journey and how insurance professionals can optimize their processes and deliver better results through technology. Hello, welcome to IBA Talk, the Insurance Business America podcast. I'm Bethan Moorcraft, Senior Editor at Insurance Business, and in this episode, I'm joined by Jeff Arnold, Founder and President at Rightshore, an insurance technology firm, and also two-time best-selling author. Over the next 20 minutes, Jeff and I will discuss one of the hottest topics in insurance at the moment, which is how to improve the client journey and develop client engagement strategies using efficient workflows, personalized services, and data and analytics. So, Jeff, welcome to IBA Talk. Bethan, it's a pleasure to be here. I, I have to confess, I've been super excited ever since we, we both lined this up on the calendar. So, uh, I wish we had longer than 20 minutes, but, but let's unpack as much as we can in this 20 minutes. and uh, It's going to be exciting. <laughs> no, that's great. And it's, it's a real pleasure to have you. Um, so, Jeff, let's start at the beginning, if you don't mind. Um, can you please walk me through a typical client journey in insurance, and perhaps highlight some areas where that journey is maybe less than optimum when it comes to the customer experience. Sure, I, I think if we if we back up for a second and, and look at the thirty thousand foot level, right, of how consumers buy our products, right, it comes to a decision point. Uh, briefly, it's either B to B. Or B2C, right? Um, and so there's in the B2B space, it's generally a longer purchase decision, right? Because multiple people are involved. And I'm speaking specifically maybe about business insurance or E&O or D&O. And those have a longer decision-making process. And then B2C, it's more instant. And it's focused more on awareness and brand than price and, and, and sometimes value, right? And so that's why in the, in the B2C space, we see uh, everyone focusing on speed and, uh, and identity, right? Making sure that they get enough messaging mm-hmm. and advertising out there to be found and they become a destination space. So I think when we're talking about insurance, the journey starts in one of two spaces in our industry, the B2C and the B2B. Yeah. Okay. Let's focus on, on one of those perhaps then. If we, if we go with uh, B2B, um, talk me through that client journey and perhaps, you know, where it can be improved. Sure. So the, we start really at uh, what is the driver, right? And so in the B2B space, uh, there are it's becoming more prevalent where consumers start the process, right? So they want to start the shopping process online. Typically, you know, your larger commercial um, uh, premiums policies, those are going to be led by an agent-driven force, right? Creating the uh, invitation, opening the door, scheduling an appointment. But more and more, uh, consumers are going direct, right? Getting, uh, at least starting the quote process online, um, but typically wanting to uh, end it with an agent, with a knowledge worker, with someone who has the skill set and the knowledge to make sure that they're, they're doing everything all right. Now, how we can improve this process, right, is to shift our mind thinking uh, and step into the consumer's shoes uh, at every part of the journey and during the process, 
right? And so if uh, come back up just for a second, if you're in the B2B space or even the B2C space, just take a moment, go through your entire process as a customer, right? And, and I mean, even calling the same call center that your customer calls and see what that journey's like, see what the engagement is like, and, and understand the workflows that, that we've put on the workers and, and in their call centers and see what, you know, bumps are along the road and what are the frustrating part of the pro those processes. So those bumps, um, what are a couple of typical bumps, typical roadblocks that, that customers are coming up against these days? I think one of the biggest ones is the, um, um, as insurance industries, right? We would, if you asked every company uh, globally, worldwide, every single one of us or every executive would say, we deliver a fantastic consumer experience and that uh, uh, we spend a lot of time, money, and attention to deliver that. Um, but if you ask the consumers what that experience looks like, well, that's a vastly different answer. And so what we have to do is start getting engaged more with the consumer's experience and what those those bumps are that, that, that you mentioned. And those might be um, as simple as, you know, 15 touch tones when you call the automated place, right? Uh, it, it's well past time to start engaging AI, chatbots, voice recognition, so the consumer can get to the right place without pushing a lot of buttons. That is, that is literally 1990s technology. And so that's bump number one, how the customer gets engaged with your company or your firm. Certainly, they probably start on a mobile device, high probability of that or a website, but then at some point when they call, what is that experience like? And that's what, um, you know, improving this journey uh, and making it more efficient starts with calling yourself and see how many times you have to ask for a department or get transferred. It seems simple, especially when you're wrestling with things like integrating technology and fixing rates in different states, but this stuff matters. The personalized consumer experience matters just as much as anything else. So I'm interested in that that personalized consumer experience. If if can we sort of dig into the personalized part of that? What do you mean by that? How can insurance brokerages and agencies create a more personalized um, experience for their clients? I would submit to your listeners that. Um, you know, most of uh, this side of the phone and this side of the website as, as agency owners or executives or workers, everyone are sitting on, is process driven for results, right? And so there's a process that's in place to get results. And, and it was created to make it more efficient for the firm. Um, and it's not so focused on the client experience as part of the journey. Um, and again, if we just dive just a little deeper, just something as simple because we're, we're dealing with phone calls, but it could be chats too. Um, when someone comes in or calls in, this is a real life experience I, I went through, so I'll share this with you. Um, stepping back, calling our firm, um, just to try to file a claim, because that's the reason we're in the business, right? We make these promises, and now it's time to deliver on these promises uh, at claims time. And it goes something simply like this. I'll, I'll be brief and succinct. You call a firm, you get a nice greeting, Thanks for calling X. How can I help you? Uh, I need to file a claim. Well, that typically pivots you to another division, right? You transfer it. You get the same thing. How can I help you? Oh, it's a windshield claim. You need to go here. And so what we end up doing is transferring these customers around three and four different times. 
And we think we're delivering a superior service experience by saying, thank you, how can I help you? But what the customer hears is, no one really wants to help me. They just want to bounce me around or worse, put me in voicemail. Um, and so that's part of how we have to shift or pivot uh, how we do business, not so much process driven, but focused on the client experience. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that's really interesting. I think a lot of people who are listening to this will have had a similar uh, experience before. But so, you know, with that in mind, then this is something that we need to fix as an industry. So how can firms incorporate technology? You mentioned artificial intelligence uh, a minute ago. There's things like machine learning as well. It's another big buzzword. How can they use sort of tools like that to improve the client journey and perhaps, you know, bring some of those more personalized experiences? Beth, and I think um, in the next two to five years, it's already... um, exist in pockets now, but it will be ubiquitous in two to five years. And that is every firm is going to not only wrestle with, but have to integrate artificial intelligence, chatbots, speech re- speech recognition for servicing, right? So those are the three things you're going to have to start uh, getting integrated in your processes, not to replace humans, um, but to help humans deliver a better experience and to help the humans calling our policyholders, right? They're real humans to help them get to the right place faster. Um, and um, it's not just the data that sh- that points this out. In our own personal experience, um, self-plug for my, my firm, RightShare, right? We um, integrated Chatbot in 2019 and, and 2020. Um, and the, the results were astounding. The first six months, we had like a couple thousand transactions. But then we started adding a thousand a month, right? And there are at 1,500 every week, every 10 days. And so... Um, it's not just a plug for my firm. It's a plug for chatbots themselves. Consumers want to be in control and they want to do this stuff sometimes after we're closed. And so chatbots are going to be a big part of it. Um, A lot of firms, us included, are integrating AI or artificial intelligence into our workflows. And that might not be dealing with the consumer specifically, but we leverage it and and utilize it as follows. If our... uh, staff are talking too much on a phone call, the AI says, you've been talking 75% of the time. Try asking an open-ended question, right? And, and, and you have to integrate the consumer so that they don't just feel talked to or talked at. It also, AI can prompt you um, for uh, instances in their voice that they be, be, seem angry or you seem defensive. And it can really be a one-on-one coach with you that humans can't be. You can't have two humans on the call every time from the same firm coaching. But AI and leveraging that can allow our, our staff to deliver a better policy service experience, and that's focused with the customer in mind. So, um, you know, self-servicing, of course, uh, as this younger generation grows up, just leveraging Siri and and Amazon and Alexa, um, that's all part of their workflow now, and they expect that in every industry, and and in the insurance industry will will do us proud because they always uh, deliver greatly, but we're going to have to uh, integrate AI, chatbots, and self-servicing. Um, mm-hmm. within the next two to five years. Yeah. Oh, if Just chatbots as an example. Um, I think a lot of companies, perhaps maybe when they're at the start of their journey, they see chatbots and they think, you know, that's cool. Let's get one of those and put it on our, on our website. And um, that's great. But, you know, 
it can't stop there. And I, I guess my question is, how important is it to have an effective strategy behind these investments? So, you know, going beyond just setting up a chat button and having it there for consumers to, you know, start their insurance journey really has to kind of provide that added value. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that and kind of building a strategy around some of these tools? I couldn't agree more. You have to, you know, you have to have an effective strategy. And so, um, for instance, in chatbots, you need, uh, you must give the opportunity to speak to a human, right? So talk to one of my human friends, because at the end of the day, uh, some some folks, even though they may start the journey, this customer journey uh, in a chatbot, they want to pop out and talk to a human. So if you're you're listening and you want to integrate chatbots, at the very, very least, you must have a way to pop out to a human and reach out to a human. And certainly we have lots of data now that that, that validates that, that they may start with simple things. It gets more complex and the chatbots haven't been programmed for that complexity yet, though they're improving daily. Um, you have to give them the ability to reach out for a human. Yeah, definitely. And that ties into what you said as well about using AI uh, on the phone and saying, you know, 75% of the time you've been speaking, perhaps you should ask an open-ended question. Um, so is that sort of a strategy that you've developed to say, okay, we're going to use this to think about how we're communicating with our clients and sort of hit these targets and these goals? Absolutely. Um, and AI is going to be more and more prevalent. We, we leverage it now in, in two divisions, right? One, the service experience and two, the sales. And we leverage AI in the sales departments to validate that they're asking all the questions that are required for underwriting, right? Uh, or required for acceptance by that, that state or carrier product. And so it's uh, the AI is listening for our agents. And then it gives them a report that says, well, you didn't ask these two. And it gives the manager the report that said, you know, this particular salesperson continues to fail to ask these three important key questions. So it allows us to dive in on the training, right? When you've got that kind of data, it's really easy to correct the behavior without destroying the person, right? Because in the old day, it was like, let's just beat the person up or whatever. But when you have the ability to leverage data, you can correct that subset of behavior without destroying the person because the data says, look, you do a fantastic job 80% of the time, but this 20% you're missing. So let's just focus you on this right now. So um, yeah, I'm excited about the possibilities that uh, AI and chatbot have for our industry. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's lots going on. Um, just with that in mind, Jeff, if we sort of pull everything that we've we've discussed so far, what are a few things that perhaps once were seemingly impossible in the industry, but now they're very much within reach, or you know, they're on the pipeline in the next two to three years? I think it's um, more. Uh, readily prevalent, or I'm going to use the word ubiquitous again in our industry, uh, the pay by mile, right? Or uh, the industry term is telematics. Um, before COVID, before the pandemic, you know, companies had to spend a lot of money marketing and retraining agents and, and quite literally, frankly, begging them to offer their pay by mile option. But now, there's a change of pivot. Consumers are calling demanding this, right? I want to pay by mile. I want to save money. And basically what they're telling you behind the uh, uh, underneath all the sentences is I want to be in control of my insurance more. And so uh, just two years ago, you were begging people to do pay by mile. 
And now, literally post-pandemic, it's so many calls are asking that. And so I believe it's, uh, it's uh, will be universal very soon with every company because consumers are demanding it. Yeah, we've seen a, a lot of that. Um, indeed, the the other, th- I mean, I'm glad you mentioned the pandemic. Um, this ties into this conversation dramatically because we've all had to do everything online over the past year. Um, so, you know, has this, has the pandemic sped up any of these trends that we're discussing? You know, have you seen any new priorities or, you know, things that have perhaps come to the forefront that weren't before as a result of this sort of new digital society? I'm going to speak from, from personal experience. It's, um, it is drastically altered my leadership style, um, just because, um, it's made it more humane, right. Instead of just driving for metrics. Cause I, you know, I grew up in the business with what gets measured gets done. Um, but there's a very real human component that everyone suffered through, uh, just real life stuff going through this, whether it was loneliness or just lack of direction or just needing some connectivity. And so, uh, you know, what, what I shifted to is just check-in calls with, with our folks without uh, objectives, right? Just checking in on them. How are you? Uh, forget all the, the goals of the company. How are you doing as a person? And uh, um, so ju- I can just speak to me personally that that it, it shifted how I uh, manage. And I suspect every leader, every executive, every employee, uh, it changed something in their lives over the last year. Uh, how could it not? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been interesting. Um, so, Jeff, if we sort of, I want to talk about tech enabled and being tech forward. There's different terms that people use um, as they sort of engage in these digitalization journeys. So, what's the difference between being tech enabled and tech forward? Um, and how do they impact, you know, these wider themes of perhaps the client journey and client engagement and things like that? I love this one. Love this question. So, um, you know, everyone wants to jump on the insure tech bandwagon and say we're an insure tech, and and they should, right? But I would submit to everyone that insurance has always been uh, a, a technology-based industry. Even when we first entered fax machines to bind policies or uploaded policies, so we've always been a, a leader uh, in, in that space. It's just now we have a word for it. It's called insure tech. Um, and when I think of insure tech, I think of you know tech-enabled firms and tech-forward firms. And tech-forward firms are, are firms that are literally out there um, introducing speed, for lack of a better word, into every part of the process. And that's what the insure techs are really known for. They're breaking down the old antiquated legacy systems and introducing speed into the process. You know, one-minute home quotes, forty-second auto quotes. That's tech forward. Um, tech enabled are companies that, that take new tech to leverage the customer experience or leverage the claim experience, and they're tech enabled. And not every company is the same. And then I would also submit my own kind of uh, uh, word here, which is tech shackled. And so many uh, companies become tech shackled um, because you know they're really only as good as the implementation or the skill set of software that they've purchased. And there are lots of experiences. Anyone can tell you a, a new company rolls out a new uh, technology platform thinking they're tech forward, but it's really shackled their employees. And so when we think about tech, we need to think in terms, in my, in my estimation, tech forward, tech enabled, and tech shackled. And how does each apply to your firm? That tech shackled, thanks for, thanks for adding another one. But they... Um... 
how can they cut those shackles? Uh, you know, say a, a company, they make a decision, they invest in uh, a technology solution. And then, as you said, perhaps a few years down the line, that becomes uh, a shackle to their business. How do they fix that? Because, you know, a lot of companies are going to experience something like this along their journeys. What's the remediation? I think uh, from personal experience, every tech shackle debacle is because the, the, the services team or the customers weren't integrated in part of the decision-making process. And so when you roll out a new platform at a, in any insurance company, it's, oh, now we're going to have all the data we need and all the results we need, and we can finally have one version of the truth, right? Um, and that's typically led by executives and leadership and technology department. Uh, and the last one to be brought in sometimes is the customer uh, or the policy services group that is that is uh, daily delivering and using this. And so um, if you're going to prevent being tech shackled, you have to onboard early uh, a focus group of customers and certainly uh members of your servicing staff or claim staff. Otherwise, it just facilitates uh, one result. And that's what IT needed or leadership needed, right? That's how companies become tech shackled. Right. Okay. Okay, good. And then I guess just to finish, um, a lot of people listening to this, I think it's fair to say most people's goal would be to get into that sort of tech enabled category. Uh, we want to continue our business, traditional business, but we want to have technology supporting us in everything that we do, or most things that we do. Um, do you have any tips on how to kind of start that journey, perhaps for, for, for companies that are just getting on board with this now? Where do they start when it comes to technology investment, working out the strategy, deciding what's best for them? I would say to you know d discover, spend some time with what the the customer experience you want, right? Because that's what we're talking about, the client journey, right? And so look at what you want the journey to be from the time they click on your website to the time they see your mobile app to the moment they pick up the phone and call you. And what's the client engagement like? And where it falls short from your vision, that's where you may need to use leverage, implement technology to facilitate that gap. But just running out and buying the latest technology really is just, again, going to shackle you. You need to define the journey. You need to define where your engagement levels fall short and then find tech to enable you or to make you tech forward to leverage that customer experience. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Thank you, Jeff. Um, this is, it's such an important and exciting topic. We could really talk about it for days, um, but I think that's a perfect place to end our discussion today. Um, so Jeff, thank you very much for sharing your insights. It's been a pleasure and thank you so very much for having me. Brilliant. And finally, thank you to our listeners as well for tuning in. Uh, I'm Bethan Moorcraft, Senior Editor at Insurance Business. Uh, please keep an eye out for upcoming podcasts, webinars and IBTV episodes. And everybody stay safe in the meantime. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of IBA Talk. For more from Jeff and the experts at Rightshore, visit them at rightshore.com. That's rightshore.com for more. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts.